This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. This is Kevin Klein here. Hope you're all doing well out there. I'm going to start the show off with one of the biggest what-ifs in my life. And Jake, what do you think I'm talking about? What could be that what-if? What if the Dodgers don't keep Corey Seager? No, but that's not something I've been pondering for years. What, oh, what if, what if the Dodgers don't keep Clayton Kershaw? Not going down that road either. The actual answer is, what if the Dodgers had never flipped Andrew Heaney to the Anaheim Angels for Howie Kendrick? How would he have panned out? Well, I guess we're going to figure out that answer this season because it's official. The Dodgers and Andrew Heaney have agreed to a one-year, $8.5 million deal. The left-handed starting pitcher is 30 years old, coming off a pretty abysmal season with the New York Yankees and Angels, had a 583 ERA. 8-9 record, but over 129 and two-thirds innings pitched. He did have 150 strikeouts. And one thing that stood out to me is the expected ERA, a lot better than his actual ERA, a 403. You know, the Dodgers are taking a gamble on this guy. They like the spin rate on the fastball and the curveball. They're off the charts. But I'm going to pass this torch over to David Rosenthal to get your thoughts on the addition to the Dodgers starting rotation. Well, hello, Kevin and Jake, first of all. How are you hello, guys? Hello, David. <laughs> um, I'm not so sure this is an addition to the starting rotation, honestly. I, I think this could be a type of David Price role, what they envisioned Danny Duffy doing for them uh, when they acquired Danny Duffy. Uh, and I view this as just as an, an insurance policy. I think they're obviously going to sign or trade for other starting pitchers who are more established and frankly, better. Uh, so I, I like the signing. I think it's a little pricey, but uh, apparently he had a lot of suitors. And I think the Dodgers came, identified some stuff uh, in his mechanics or whatever you want to call it and say, I, they obviously have a plan is what I'm trying to say. They have a plan for Andrew Heaney. They aren't just taking the guy who was horrible on the Yankees and being like, yep, good luck. So I, I think I can at, at this point trust what the Dodgers are doing. Uh, and if I had to guess, I think they're going to want him to throw that slider uh, quite a bit because the slider is actually pretty damn good. Jake Reiner, I think he's a starter. What about you? Yeah, I think so too. I think with the what happened in 2021 with the entire pitching rotation just kind of blew up uh, throughout the season, I think they're going to need him to start. And I also think that this is probably – Andrew Friedman and company, Mark Pryor and company, David Ro Dave Roberts and company. I think this is their biggest 
reclamation project that they've ever had to go through. Um, this guy's body of work is not impressive at all. Um, and, but they see something in him and Andrew Friedman said, there is something to tap into here. And I, 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 I'm going to believe him because of what he's been able to do with a number of, of other players on this team that we didn't think very much of. And they became uh, household names and superstars. So he sees something in Andrew Haney. You guys talked about the spin rate. Um, he was in the 90th percentile and fastball spin rate. And he was in the 91st percentile and chase rate opponents had a 196 batting average with 40 strikeouts and four walks against his curveball. Uh, and Kevin already mentioned his 4.03 expected ERA. So that was last year in, in a year that he went eight and nine with a 583 ERA. So they see something in his peripherals that obviously uh, are, are something that they can work with and something that Mark Pryor can work with and Connor McGinnis and all those guys. So, yeah, it is a bit of a head scratcher. Just because he he's never really been consistent, I've never really been impressed by him at any point in his career. But uh, if the Dodgers see something in him, then I'm I'm open minded about it. Yeah, and just real quick, you you mentioned his curveball. I, I said slider at the beginning of the show. What I was trying to say is the curveball is really good, but I think they're going to try to turn it more into a slider, uh, which is what they've we've seen them do with their pitchers day in and day out. Uh, I mean, like you can Urias. list Phillips, Urias. Trying and all these guys have transitioned into a type of slider slurve. And I think that's what they're going to do with Haney. Yep. And David mentioned there were a lot of teams actually interested in him because they view this guy as the potential next Robbie Ray. So I guess they like a oh. David also or doesn't, but, does he not, he doesn't really throw hard enough. Does he for to be Robbie Ray? Mm, I mean, that's just a bad comparison. Anyway, I had a, but, I had but, a follow up. I had a follow up question to David. So, if his, I mean, his curveball is pretty is pretty nasty. Why wouldn't you just keep the curveball and just add the slurve as a as another pitch? Because clearly something's not working. Uh, you know, his his three pitch repertoire right now is is just not really working. Uh, I think if you just kind of scrap the curveball and just go fastball slider, uh, the velocity discrepancy is going to be a lot more similar. Uh, where it's going to be harder for hitters to decipher what pitch is coming whereas the curveball is going to be a bit slower. So I think that's that's the mindset. Like that's my mindset, and I've seen the Dodgers do that with players before. And I would take a guess that, that they're going to try that here. Haney actually throws 92 to 95 on his fastball, and we've seen it before where if you can tap into that guy's true potential, they can exploit that fastball to be harder than ever beforehand. And Robbie Ray actually had a dip in velocity, and then the Blue Jays were able to essentially turn him around, and that's how he became a Cy Young contender because he was awful – in 2020 with the D-backs and there was a major dip in velocity. But yeah, Jake mentioned Friedman likes the ingredients and they're excited to work with him. So we'll see what happens, but the Dodgers need depth in their rotation and this is definitely the right step forward. And I could see them yeah. adding another flyer, but we'll see what happens. This is a good, ah, so this is a good topic. Sam Shear 99 on Twitter wants to know thoughts on the Clayton Kershaw situation. So I'm going to let David start this one off. Um. My thoughts have been the same for two and a half years now. I, I think he's either going to retire or he's going to be a Dodger. Um, they not offering him a qualifying offer was definitely a surprise, but uh, as Andrew Friedman mentioned, they didn't want him to have feel pressure to accept it 
because uh, you have to accept it within 10 days. They want him to be able to take the time to figure out what he wants to do next. That being said, I'm telling you now he's not pitching for another team. I'm, I'm take it to the bank. He's either retiring on his couch or he's going to come back for the Dodgers. We don't know his health right now. I don't know if he knows his health right now. Uh, I think this process is going to carry well into December, but look, a lot of people talk about the Texas Rangers as a possible suitor. They are horrendous. They are a really, really bad baseball team. They are about five to 10 free agents away from being even close to competitive. If Clayton Kershaw wants to be closer to his home or spend more time with his family, he would simply retire. He's not going to the Texas Rangers. He's either going to come back to the Dodgers or the parallels to Sandy Koufax's career are going to be quite similar and he'll retire. Yeah. And to that point, I agree with you, David. I think that uh, him going to the Rangers, you, you mentioned it the other day, that it is very media driven. Um, I, we've not heard anything from Kershaw himself to, to suggest that he wants to pitch for the Rangers. And I'll just say this. He got a chance to win a World Series in Texas in 2020. Uh, he got a chance to pitch on that mound in his hometown and win a World Series game. Um, I think he won two. Um, and he pitched pretty much the entire postseason 2020. That's as close as he's going to get to a, a, a playoff game in Texas if he ever played for the Rangers. I mean, to me, that just I don't know if that narrative is actually true. So I'm more inclined to side with you on this, that if he wants to pitch again, he's going to pitch for the Dodgers. They're going to make it work. I think the the qualifying offer, uh, not offering him the qualifying offer is an interesting one, but I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, you mentioned the pressure of him having to respond, but also there's the added pressure of, uh, you know, surrendering a draft pick too, if he signs with another team yeah. and he, and he declines the, the, the qualifying offer. So there's that aspect as well. And I just think that they kind of gave Kershaw the courtesy to just be like, look, we're not going to make you decide on anything until you're ready, make a decision on what you want to do. Sort of makes me think that he maybe has hinted at maybe wanting to retire, but if he wants to come back and pitch Kershaw is, is, is a competitor. He's not going to want to go to a team where there's nothing to compete for. hundred percent. And well, look, just real quick. Sorry, Kevin. He is 32 or 33 years old. He's not 38 or 39. There's plenty left in the tank if he wants there to be. And financially, I just want to bring this point up. He's not going to ask for $30 million a year. He's just not going to ask it. This He knows what the Dodgers not offering the qualifying offer does. If he were to leave, he knows that. This is a man who respects the organization, who respects the city, and is going to do right by the Dodgers, just as the Dodgers have done right to him his entire career, financially, off the field, everything. He's made over $330 million on the field, not including endorsements. Contract-wise, I think you're looking at about $15 to $20 million a year for Clayton Kershaw, if he wants it. I'll start off with this. I'm glad that the Dodgers didn't offer Clayton Kershaw the qualifying offer. Because one, I, res I think he earns the right to have the ball completely in his court. Let him make up his mind with as much time as needed. Second of all, there's no scenario in the world, if Clayton Kershaw is healthy, 
where he's going to take a qualifying offer because he's worth more than that. A qualifying offer is a one-year, $18 million deal. This guy, like David said, is only 32, has three years easily left in the tank. He's going to sign a three-year deal with the Dodgers or wherever he wants to go if his body is ready. And he will get at least $25 million annually because you can look at the numbers right here before he went down with the injury. A three-fip, that's near the tops in the league. 22 starts, 144 strikeouts, over 122 innings pitched. That is still number one material on most teams in Major League Baseball. I think there's like this weird notion out there that he's a shell of his former self. He's not. He is still a top 10 starter when healthy. And whether it's the Dodgers or another team out there in Major League Baseball, they recognize the talent. They understand the importance he brings to a clubhouse and the pitching staff. And he draws a lot of fans. This isn't some washed up player coming to your team like a David Freeze hoping or Albert Pujols hoping they can win over the clubhouse with their expertise. This is still a competitor out there and a number one, number two on most teams. You're absolutely right, Kevin, but you said when healthy. And the thing is, he didn't end the season healthy. And the only way to prove you're healthy is by doing it on the field for an extended period of time. And he didn't do that towards the end of this year. And that's why he's not going to get 25 or $30 million a year. He's just not from the Dodgers and he's not going to ask for it. I, I I'm telling you, man, I I'm, I've, I'm vehemently passionate that he is not going to get 30 million from the Dodgers. 25 would be the absolute most. He, he can't prove that he's healthy. We don't even know if he's healthy right now and he's not going to get that. He's going to be in the Charlie Morton range, 15 to 20 million. Still a lot of off-season to go, and who knows where he'll be in two months, just saying. Well, he's going to be either on the couch or on the Dodgers <laughs> roster. Do you remember what I said to you on Twitter, uh, uh, 2020, Kevin? My promise to you? Is this regarding Justin Turner, or are you talking about no, the broccoli? No, this is regarding this topic. The broccoli? Yes, yes. For everyone listening at home, Kevin tweeted on December 7th, 2020, what do you think Clayton Kershaw gets paid in free agency next? And do you think the Dodgers are the highest bidder? And I told him, let me put it this way. If Clayton Kershaw throws one pitch for another team, I will live stream myself eating five stalks of uncooked broccoli and a piece of printer paper. So if he goes anywhere else, you will get that from me. Can we add the uh, cars for kid theme song on loop? (laughs) Fuck it. Why not? (laughs) That'll make me go faster. Good stuff. I don't know if it's official yet, but word is that Chris Taylor and Corey Seager are declining their qualifying offers that the Dodgers handed to them. I think Chris Taylor's in for a big payday. Four years, $64 million is what I'm expecting him to make. And I think there's going to be – there's already been reports that there's a lot of suitors in on him. Maybe the Dodgers outbid them all and bring him back, but I don't know. This is going to be maybe even tougher than the Corey Seager situation because there are going to be more teams in on Chris Taylor. Yeah, you know, I think that one is going to take longer because I think they're going to have to wait and see where this Corey Seager domino falls and Carlos Correa domino falls and then Simeon after that and Story after that. Uh, in in my, my heart tells me that Chris Taylor wants to stay. Uh, I think he likes being a Dodger. I think he wants to remain in the organization. And I think he's willing to kind of wait and see uh, what the plans are in terms of what the Dodgers are going to do. So I, I would expect the first 
domino to fall to be probably, you know, one of the big shortstops. And then the kind of Chris Taylor guys fall in line after that. That's just my hunch. Right. Because those guys will dictate the market. Like what happens to Corey Seager? What happens to Carlos Correa, Trevor story? Then we can kind of see where the market's at. Um, And one of those guys will have to go first. Um, And then we can kind of measure where, where that bar is. And then, um, you know, not a knock against Chris Taylor, but the kind of sort of the second tier uh, free agents, he is in that class. Um, we won't, I, I don't, I agree. I don't think we'll see him, him go as quickly. It'll be, it'll be more drawn out than that. I think Marcus Simeon will be the first shortstop infielder scooped off the board. Where do you think he's gone? Seattle. That would be, that would be big for them. That'd be a great fit. I, I think the blue Jays are going to keep either one, Simeon or, or Robbie Ray for sure. Um, but I don't know. I think Correa is going to set the market. Honestly, I think he's going to get damn near close to 300 million. And I think Corey Seager is going to be about 20 to 30 to 40 million less than that. Corey Seager is going to be less. Yeah. He's a year older. And I think he's going to get less years. The defense is going to hurt him, Kevin, whether you, whether you say it or not, the defense is going to hurt him. I disagree. I think he has Scott Boris on his side and that'll win him the biggest contract. No, there's no way. There's no way he gets more than Correa. I'm going to save my Corey Seager stuff for at least another week or two because I think we'll get more info in that time, so I don't want to speak prematurely. But I have a whole rant lined up, so stay tuned for that. So let's talk about uh, – we'll go to Zimzy because I liked what he said on Twitter to us. No question, just an appreciation that you're not one of the Dodgers poser podcasts who are – out there saying they should go out there and sign Carlos Correa. All I can say is there is no scenario out there where Carlos Correa will be a Los Angeles Dodger in this free agent market. You can kiss your lucky stars. You can pray all you want. They're not going to do it. They had too much drama with Trevor Bauer. They're not going to go down this road now with Carlos Correa and potentially disturb and shake up the clubhouse once more. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I even um, I, I put it on Twitter a few days ago just just to see what the response would be. I knew it was I knew it was going to be inflammatory, but I just wanted to see where, where we're at and where we are at is the majority of the people. Uh, this is not a poll, by the way. This is just the majority of the comments that I got um, is that people are would just absolutely not want Carlos Correa on this team. Um, it would be a weird one in the locker room, just given the the comments that were made after the cheating scandal came out with Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner. Um, they had harsh words for one another. Um, and uh, Carlos Correa will be, you know, ha- we'll have to explain the facts to them <laughs> once he gets, once he gets into the clubhouse. I just don't see this. I just don't see this happening, even though it has been kind of reported that the Dodgers may be interested or maybe kicking the tires. Who knows? But the Dodgers will kick the tires on anyone, really. That's that's just their style. And we found out that basically the ownership is is told Andrew Friedman, like, go get us a winner, like get us the players that we need to win. So um, that's that's what you want to hear. But I honestly don't think that you want to bring in a guy like Carlos Correa that could potentially disrupt this clubhouse. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't think it's happening at all. Uh, I forget what I said to you under that tweet. I think I said they have an equal chance of signing the corpse of Honus Wagner to play Honus shortstop. Wagner. Yeah, okay. So I don't think it's happening. But I hate hypocrites. <clears throat> and I would be a hypocrite if I said I wouldn't 
be okay with Carlos Correa as a Dodger. Because what I care about on the Dodgers roster is the team that gives us the best chance to win a World Series. And hate him, love him, whatever. Carlos Correa is a phenomenal baseball player. So, look, if it happened, it would be a very sour taste in my mouth, but I would get over it because he he would be a very, very, very good baseball player to add to this roster. Would I prefer him over Seager or Simeon or any of these guys? No. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, I'd be a hypocrite if I said I, I wouldn't take him. I'll just say this, too. I'm going to root for the Dodgers. Yeah. 100%. Plain and simple. No matter what. I agree. Still a Crawford box merchant, in my opinion, but yeah, <laughs> I will. him and Cody Bellinger would have to like kiss and make up, but that's doable. Got another question from at 22 Graybird on Twitter. How do we feel about Walker Bueller getting snubbed for the Cy Young award or being a, being snubbed as a Cy Young award finalist, as well as Dave Roberts, not being a finalist for manager manager of the year. I think the Dave Roberts one is far more egregious. I, I mean, the, the Dodgers won 106 games. They matched their franchise record in wins, and he doesn't get it. He doesn't get consideration over Mike Schilt. I mean, okay, they had like what a 17, 18 game winning streak. Unemployed, but he got, unemployed. Mike, but he got Schilt, fired. Probably. Right? Is that exactly? <laughs> He's no longer the manager of the of the Cardinals. There's a new manager at the helm. So how the heck was he? even in the conversation second straight um, year that's happened by the way remember rick renneria last year white Sox. i'm pretty yes. sure the votes were through before he got terminated but i could be missed no i'm sure yeah i look should he have been considered given the season that they have sure but look at what dave roberts did with oh, the you know look at look at you know nobody wants to feel bad for the dodgers and i don't blame them but look at all the injuries they went through Look at the Bauer catastrophe. That wasn't on Dave Roberts. The dude weathered the storm. He managed He managed his ass off. He kept these guys in line. They won 106 games, and they were one game behind the Giants. Then they took him out in the NLDS. Um, so to me, that that is the more egregious snub than Bueller, who had a terrific season, but towards the end kind of faltered. And I think that there are um, the, the, the top three guys that they picked are, you know, deserve to be there. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with most of what you said. I, I, I'm not too concerned about the Dave Roberts snub because Gabe Kapler won this award, you know, months ago. This was, this is, this is, this award has been done for months um, and he deserved it. I mean, I, I still don't understand how the giants did what they did. So credit to Gabe Kapler and their cheating lab and whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, he was Walker Bueller, yeah. And Walker Bueller is, is going to finish fourth in the Cy Young. Uh, and it's just, you know, Scherzer, Wheeler, and uh, Burns. I can't be mad at, I can't be mad at any of that. They all, they all deserve that. It's, you know, it was a loaded field in the NL. Uh, and I think if Walker Bueller was in the American League, he would win the Cy Young. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. no, no question. I think it's funny that Schilt got fired despite the Cardinals being the first team ever to have five gold glovers on one roster. Yeah. yeah. And they and they ripped off 17, 18 games in a row and got to the wild card and almost beat the Dodgers. Yeah, and the Dodgers got no gold glove winners. I can't remember the last time that's been a thing. Adam Duvall we, also won a gold glove. We knew we knew that was gonna happen though before before the finalists came out that the Dodgers were not gonna get any gold gloves. I mean, maybe I Mookie honestly Betts. Thought, yeah, I honestly thought Mookie Betts was gonna win, but 
Adam Wall did not see that coming. Can I talk about one snub real quick that I am furious about? The all MLB teams, uh, the nominees were released today. They listed 16 relief pitchers you can vote for, and Blake Trinan was not one of them. In what universe? Who, who is watching these? Are, are they just not watching the games? It, it makes literally no sense. You got Araldus Chapman, who was dog water for the first three months of the season. Gallegos was bad for half of the season. You got a couple other dudes who have no business being on this list ahead of Blake Trinan. I mean, Blake Trinan was a top five reliever in baseball, including closers. How do you not put him in the top 16 where I can't even vote for him to be on the all MLB team? That is a snub. Very much so. Was Chapman's on there? Yeah. Gallegos? Well, well, Chapman's always going to be on there. Why? He doesn't name recognition. He's a box box score merchant. I mean, he was was legit hot dog water for three months. He couldn't find the zone and he blew every damn save that was presented to him. (laughs) I don't think he was that bad. I guarantee you, if you if you pull, if you pull all players they would put Trinan in there. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you got, I you agree. got Mark Melanson on here. I think he uh, led the, he led the national league in saves. So, okay. I mean, <laughs> great. Yeah. Chapman was an all-star for what it's worth. Probably not much, but Jake McGee. Come on. Yeah. That, that one's kind of weird. Was Justin Turner nominated for second base? <laughs> <laughs> he was third though. Was Jansen Jansen was on there? Yeah, Kenley's on there. Well, that's good at least. All right, cool. Well, yeah. So that covers pretty much the most recent Dodger news. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to cover real quick before we close this one out? Yeah, I just want to get through a couple of miscellaneous notes here. Uh, Andrew Friedman said that he doesn't expect Mookie Betts to require surgery or procedure for his hip. So that's good news for him. Um, The entire Dodgers coaching staff is expected to return next year. Uh, Dustin May could return as soon as after the All-Star break or August. He has begun his throwing program, which is terrific, terrific news. Um, but I do want to get your guys' thoughts on this last one. We kind of touched on Dave Roberts being snubbed for a finalist or manager of the year, but this is his final year of his contract. Um, Friedman did not really want to get into Dave Roberts's contract extensions. In fact, not, none of those discussions have even begun yet because there are more priorities uh, that are more pressing in terms of the roster right now. But what do you guys think about Dave Roberts and possibly getting an extension? He ain't going anywhere. That's my thoughts. He's not leaving. They'll give him a three or four year extension. Yeah. Inevitably. Do you think it comes during the season though? I think think it comes after the CBA madness is figured out. Before, before opening day, after free. Before opening day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's, those are my thoughts too. I, I don't think he'll go anywhere. Um, I know that fire Dave Roberts was trending after they got eliminated <laughs> from the playoffs, but that's just, like, you know, like who is, who is available to replace him? Mike. Schilt. Yeah, Mike Schilt. The manager of the year finalist, Mike Schilt. Yeah. What's yeah. What's Rick uh, Renneria also 2020 Ozzie, manager of the year finalist. Two of what's them. What's Ozzy Gein up to? He interviewed uh, for the Padres job. Ozzy Gein. Jace, Jace Tingler got a job already. Yep. Where is he? Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Bench coach. See you later. Leader of men, Jay Stingler. <laughs> Let me just read off the MLB 
or the all MLB team since people are probably wondering who the actual nominees were from the Dodgers. Will Smith catcher, Max Muncy first, two shortstops, Seeger and Trey Turner, Justin Turner third, Mookie Betts outfielder, starting pitchers, Walker Buehler, Julio Urias, and Max Scherzer, and one reliever, Kenley Jansen. AJ Pollock kind of got snubbed there. Yeah, he had a terrific year. I mean, yeah, I think he had a better Kike Hernandez got on there, and there's look at the stats. I mean, there's no way Kike Hernandez deserves that over AJ Pollock. I, I'm blown away that Kike Hernandez is even on there, right? You know, that's MLB for you. They they don't always get it right. Seldom I mean, uh, Pollock obviously wouldn't win, but he deserved to be on there ahead of Kike Hernandez. Yeah. So I think it's it's time to announce the first annual the incline awards. And so when you look below in the description or you find us on social media, we're going to retweet it. We'll share it everywhere, but we need your votes out there. People there's going to be at least 14, 15 categories of just all types of Dodgers moments, players, you name it. We got the most Dave moment. We've got team MVP. We got best blooper, just an array of categories. And we're going to announce the awards the week of Thanksgiving. So stay tuned for that. Should be some good stuff. I'm sure David and Jake are very excited. Can't wait to see their reaction to what you, the people out there vote. Are we going to read them off right now? No, we're not going to read it out. Read it off this go around, but maybe next week. But we will share it. And we're going to try to encourage everyone to go out there and vote like they want you to do every November. (laughs) My, uh, My awards that I added to this list that I'm proud of are stupid bastard of the year. So please vote in that one. Gargantuan nutsack performance of the year, which is a year round award, not one individual uh, performance. And what was my third one? Did I have a third one? I don't know, but I, I added the, uh, the Gerardo Parra uh, Dodger killer award. Yeah, yeah, I one. mean that could have it could have been it could have been Para could have been Posey could have been uh, Goldschmidt uh, could have been Cole Calhoun for all we know, but I picked Gerardo Para. I remember my third one, except I don't think this got added because it was just a award that I'm giving out. I'm just gonna give it out now, despite Kevin's earlier comment. Neck tattoo performance of the year goes to Dennis Santana. He <laughs> pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Uh, in that San Diego Padres game in the ninth inning with the bases loaded. So congratulations, Dennis Santana, neck tattoo performance of the year, stealing it from Victor Gonzalez, who was pretty MIA this year. Wasn't that the same game as the Mookie catch? Mm, maybe. That feels like forever ago. Yeah, that was, uh, that was off that Victor Gonzalez was pitching during that moment. Well, didn't the Mookie catch end that game? Yeah. But no, I thought Dennis Santana was that an extra inning game? Yeah. Okay. I believe Dennis so. Santana, I thought, pitched the ninth of that game. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, congrats, Dennis Santana. I will mail your award to you in Texas or wherever the hell you are now. Oh, good old Dennis Santana. Can't believe he was a Dodger for like four or five years. Uh, I kind of like this stuff. He just couldn't put it all together, honestly. I saw the potential, just couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. You know who else they thought had potential? Scott Alexander. And what happened to Scott <laughs> Alexander? Like I said a week ago, they let him go. He's off the 40-man roster and off the team. He is now a free agent. He will probably sign a minor league deal somewhere. I'm going to guess it's somewhere sad like the Arizona Diamondbacks because that 
organization is a real hot mess right now. You can join New Seta. Yeah, that's a good point. Edwin New Seta is a D-back. So let's go with something off the wall to close the show out. Give me just one free agent and not a big name, just one average Joe to bench role player that you would like to see the Dodgers or go bullpen to that you would like to see the Dodgers target in the off season. Hmm. Oh man. Average you, Joe, huh? I don't Do want you have one in mind. I just any role player, whether hmm. it's a pitcher or a bench player, or maybe a starter, but they're not a super. I could get on board with Eduardo Escobar off the bench. There you go. I didn't even know he was a free agent. I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> Don't you guys think of this stuff? Go ahead, Kevin. I All didn't right. know this was going to be a question. Well, you should think about it when the free agent list comes out. There's like 200 guys. <laughs> I think a nice addition for the Dodgers would be Andrew McCutcheon, former superstar, not so much anymore, but I think he'd be the perfect addition to this Dodgers platoon, potentially crushes lefties, had a, a thousand OPS still against lefties in 2021 finished the year with 27 home runs. I think he provides that veteran leadership in the clubhouse as well. I don't think Albert Pujols is coming back. So you could replace him with McCutcheon who's had a lot of experience has won an MVP. Definitely. I think a world series is something that he would like to finish his career off with. So the Dodgers would be a perfect fit for him. And especially if the DH comes, then you can actually fit his bat in the lineup on maybe a regular basis. So that's where, where I have my eyes sight, eyes set right now. Andrew McCutcheon. All right. Give me Eddie Rosario. <laughs> I feel like he's going to get paid now though. Yeah, but I want him. If you can't, if you can't beat can't him, join him. him. Can't you know what I'm him, saying? Sign him. Let's uh, sign him want- away. So he never beats us again. <laughs> One other name, I want a pitcher, Zach Davies. Ugh. Is he is he phenomenal? No. Is he good? Maybe. Is he great? No. But can he eat innings? Yes. I'd like to see a a, a Zach Granke reunion too. Ugh, I wouldn't, man. Why not? Ah, he's just not that good anymore. He's just not. He throws. What does he hit? Eighty five tops. I don't care. He's a he, just he, gets he can by. he can still he can still get it done, and we need someone who can stay healthy and eat innings. That's what we need. He, he can't really eat innings anymore, though. Dusty Baker he, he wouldn't even let him go innings. more than four or five innings in the playoffs. Well, that's because he had a like neck strain or something at the end of the year, and he wasn't. So he can't out. stay healthy, is what you're saying. What about like John Gray or or like John Gray is going to get paid? I would love that though. But yeah. I think John Gray is going to get close to fifteen twenty million. Or you say Kikuchi intriguing to me as well yeah he reeks look at his stats he has like a career era of almost five he kind of put it together a bit this year though he had a good he had a good first half wasn't wasn't he an all-star well the mariners it's the mariners was he their only all-star i believe so okay they had like no pitching marco gonzalez was supposed to be that guy he wasn't that guy in the first half uh but yes you know who I, I don't want is Marcus Stroman. Don't want yeah. Marcus Stroman. No thanks. Pass. Yeah, I'm on the Stroman is definitely overrated crowd. Yep. But he will also get paid. and Which is another reason why I don't want him. Let someone else pay him. I think he's destined to be a giant. A 
giant. They they have one starting pitcher right now. One. There are some there are some interesting relievers out there. I'm not sure how how costly they're going to be. Like Kendall Graveman's out there, and that Brooks, would be great. Brooks Raley is out there. He's he's kind of decent. Um, Kevin's favorite pitcher of all time, Chris Martin. Yeah, Kendall Graveman is someone that I've wanted the Dodgers to go after for at least a year now. Don't think that'll happen. He'll probably get a Blake Trinan like contract. Just, just bring back Knable. That's all I ask. Bring yeah. back Corey Knable. Love. I'd love to have Knable. I think I think he'll want to stay too. I think he likes being a Dodger. I got that vibe from him. All right. I think this is a good time to hang up the phone. Everyone, thank you for listening to the Incline Dodgers. We really need your help. And by doing so, just give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. We want to try to climb our way up the charts because then that means we'll get more downloads, thus meaning more ad revenue money. And it helps us go a long way so that we can continue to pump out awesome content, find more awesome exclusive guests to bring you guys and make that the awesome experience that is the incline. So until next time, hopefully some action goes down over the next coming week and you'll hear directly from us. We'll break it all down because we love talking Dodgers, whether it's wins, losses, or just what the F just happened here. But until then, have a good one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.